Alex Lewis, head coach. Asher Howard here with me. Coach Howard, how are things up there in Philadelphia, man? The champion city right now. All, all is well right now, man. All is well. Yes, indeed. Well, first of all, Coach, what does it mean to you to get this opportunity to coach the South, lead this historic program out of Philadelphia, put your staff on a program of your own now, and help young men become better fathers, better husbands, better players as they do in their career? Um, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity of a lifetime for me, a guy um, from Philadelphia that grew up um, not not far from the South campus. Um, you know, as, as a young as a young person, I used to sneak in LaSalle's gym to play pickup ball, and now and now I'm a head coach. So, so it's a it's a great opportunity here for me, man. It's, it's something that um, I take a great deal of pride in uh, being the, the first um, African American head coach here at LaSalle and a role model for for all the people here in our community that that, that see um, me in the position that I'm in and know that, that they can achieve all things if they just believe in themselves. Now, Coach, I feel like for you, this is probably your ideal first job as a head coach, getting this to Sally. You said your hometown for the grown kid right down the road from you. So you have history there, so I can only imagine you can put it and put it dream dreamt in your mind. This has been your ideal first head coach job here as well. And what's with the South? Oh, no doubt, man. I didn't have to move. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, most people, you know, you, you get your first head coaching job, man. You got to. You gotta uproot the family and, 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 and drive and, 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 and learn a different area and a different territory. So it's been very, um, um, very easy transition for, for me and my wife. Uh, we, we didn't have to move. You know, we just changed the logo on our shirt, and um, and, and, and we're here about uh, 20 minutes from from home as opposed to being 15 minutes from home when I was in Illinois. So it's, it's been good. Yes, indeed. Now, coach. Uh... Being in Philadelphia with all those great schools, how is that going to help you push your program with you from Worthyville Nova? Also, you know, all those great schools and the, the, the big five, the big five around there. So how is it going to help you push LaSalle now, make them more of a household name outside Philadelphia, doing what you got those, all those great programs around you, right there in the city with, with you guys? Well, the one thing you always sell is you always sell it, that Philadelphia is a college basketball town. So, you know, if, if you're a, a young person that, that wants to, to to play on a big stage, you know, in, in Philadelphia, uh, college basketball is huge. You know, may may not be a bigger stage in terms of you know the excitement and the, and the enthusiasm that that a big city has for college basketball. Um, you know, what makes the the, the the Big Five unique is you have these five schools all in you know the fourth largest media market in the country. And compete against each other every day, uh, every season, and, and you have Villanova now, who's probably the premier program in college basketball that we get opportunity to compete against every year. So it's, it's a great opportunity for us at LaSalle, and it's something that we're looking forward to. Now, coach, when it comes to recruiting guys to come to your program, uh, what kind of guys would you target? Would you be more a high school, a freshman, or high school graduate, rather, uh, JUCO guys, transfer market, or maybe international guys? You know, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna look at, at all opportunities to 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 get the you know the the, the 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 talent in here. I think you know in a, in an ideal world, everybody says you want to just recruit good high school players. But sometimes, if you have a, a, a good transfer option of a person that that fits your needs um, on the court and 
and, and, and fits into your culture, you want to you take a look at that also. LaSalle hasn't traditionally taken a lot of junior college players um, in the past just because um, we, don't, we don't offer a lot of the same courses that make it easy for JUCO kids to, to transfer in and accept all of their credits. Um, but, but the high school guys and, and, the, and, the, and the Division One transfers and the international players, that's definitely something that we're definitely going to take a look at um, when, when, it, when it comes to recruiting. Now, Coach, I know some junior recruiting has been more international kids. Like, a few kids that can speak to it, being a coach having recruited as you did. When did the end of the game kind of start going more international? I know some more small schools bringing in kids from overseas to play, from Canada to play now. You know, I think it's all about getting the right ones, you know. You want to you wanna find the guys that can, that can A, um, address the need that you have on your roster. So, if you can find a, a shooter or, or, or a big guy, a lot of times the, old, the international route gives you an opportunity to, to, to bring in a dude that may be a little bit more talented than a guy that you would ordinarily get from the States. And, um, and, that, and that starts with just having good connections overseas and, and people that are, are keeping their eyes and ears out for you. And, um, you know, those are, those are some you know, connections that, that we have here at LaSalle and something that we're looking forward to taking advantage of. Gotta make all the decisions now. I'm not making suggestions. I'm making decisions. I think it's easy when you're an assistant, and, and all you gotta do is make a suggestion, and, and then it's on the head coach to, to make the ultimate decision and have to live with it, right? So, yep. so now I'm so now I'm in the position where I'm making the decisions, and, and um, I think the most important thing for me is to, to have a really good staff around me. I love our staff. I think we have some really talented guys that that are all committed to, to helping us build this LaSalle program up. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. So if it was one thing that I would say is the biggest difference, moving up a seat, is just, you know, having to be that guy that's, that's making the final call. I hear that. Now, Coach, now, I know you came from Philadelphia where they play uh, that open office, kind of like the Warriors play a little bit, a little open spread into the ball. So if you watch your team play, uh, you going to kind of steal some culture white stuff. You got some stuff you want to add some you want to add in now. Also, with the one that I didn't ask to defend hard every night. I mean, I, I would, I would love, I would love to play like Villanova does. I, I got to get the, I got to get the players Villanova has first in order to play that way. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to take a lot of the, the, the things that I learned at Villanova and incorporate it here at LaSalle. Um, from a style of play standpoint, from an overall um, organizational standpoint, and how we run our program here. Um, but, but you know, obviously, you know that you're only able to play a certain style based on your personnel. So, we're going to identify, you know, what what style of play best uh, suits our personnel, and we're going and we're going to try to, you know, get the most out of our guys that way. Now, coach, you got a chance to get on the court with the guys before they got out. Semester and what you plan on doing with them is some sometimes picks up kind of kind of implement your system more and more. Yeah, so we had eight workouts here in the spring. Um, you know, you're able to get two hours a week with, with your team. So 
we broke those workouts down in the, in the 40 minute sessions and you know we just really worked on our offensive concepts and you know got a chance to get on the floor with our guys so they can get a feel for my coaching style and, um, and, and, and get a chance to just learn some of my philosophies and, and technique right so um, it, it was a great spring I, I felt like our guys got a lot better this spring and then once we head to the summer I think we're going to continue to add on to some of the things that we worked on in the spring and have a gradual build-up heading into the fall. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, now I'm kind of talking about with the big five, you kind of got that already built in for you right there at your own back door step. So, outside of the big five games you're going to play, how do you see yourself scheduling you guys going forward? I know it's kind of based on what kind of roster you may have, what the guys are going to play, you know, I think you're going to be down up. So, how do you see yourself going forward with the schedule going forward out there? Oh, honestly, I think I think we need to, to, to play um, a, a challenging schedule. The Atlantic 10 is a, is a big-time conference, and we want to play a schedule that will help us prepare for, for Atlantic 10 play. Um, but, but also knowing that the Big Five games are, are very competitive. And any given year, you can have four NCAA tournament teams right here at home in the Big Five. So you want to you want to be strategic about um, not overloading the schedule in the non-conference um, and, and, and having a mix of some, some easier, more winnable games. Um, just knowing that you'll have four challenging games in the Big Five and then having at least two um, games where, you, where you're playing against some high-level BCS programs. So that's, that's typically going to be our model. Um, if, if we can either set up a series with a BCS program or you know, you know, every year play in, in one of these exempt tournaments where we know we're, we're going we're gonna to get a chance to face uh, one or two BCS schools. I think that, that really helps us in terms of our non-conference schedule. And Coach, I know Coach Rice puts my has been very important for you in your career. So for some people, other coaches, and other people personally, like really helped you. It's the point you're out of been head coach of the Salad Sports. Um, my, my father, first and foremost. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my uncle. Um, those are three men in my life that that um, were very instrumental in, in terms of just um, helping me, you know, establish the character and, and, the, and the work ethic that I have today. And then uh, my college coach, Bruiser Flint, um, who who really got me in the business and, and taught me a lot about what it is to, to, to be a professional and, and how to conduct myself as a college coach. And, and Dr. John Giannini, who um, was the head coach here at LaSalle for 14 years and gave me my first opportunity to be an assistant coach at Division One level, um, is a guy um, that, that I've learned a great deal from, that I have a great deal of respect for, and he's taught me a lot. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I got one last one for you. I know it's been a lot probably busy for you in the world where people are always coming around, sucking at you each way to talk to his coach. What's been your typical days since you've been head coach of the South Sports. Like how busy has it been for you? I mean, it, 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 it's, been, it's been busy. Some some days more busier than others, but, you know, just a, you know, just a lot of meetings and meeting people here on campus and, and you know, just individual meetings with, with my players and making sure our guys are, are, are lifting in the morning and, and, and having breakfast with those guys after and spending time with our players and, and then you know, I've been, you know, in the process now, you know, putting together our coaching staff and bringing recruits on campus for, for visits. So it's been, 
been a whirlwind, man. It's been, it's been nonstop, but it's, it's all good stuff, man. Being busy is a good thing, and, and I'm glad that, that, that we're, we're hitting the ground running here, here at LaSalle, and, and we're, we're really excited about, about the direction this program is going in. Amen there, Coach. Coach, hopefully I can come by and see you guys. Falcons play the Eagles open night. So we'll be in town for two days. So hopefully I can come by and see you guys make, practice. See you in the office. Make sure, make, sure, make sure you come see us, man. If uh, you're in town for that Eagles-Falcons game, make sure you come see us. And go. I hope maybe we can go to that, to that, to that Eagles-Falcons game together. Hey, Coach, hey, I'll be the sidelines. You know, I work for that Falcons football network. So I've been on the sidelines. I just like to do it for you, Coach. Get your pants for the field. I can get that done for you, Coach. I can do that for you. Yo, man, get that done for me, man. I, I love to, I love to did that Eagles Falcons game. Yo, Del, it was it was live last year. It was cold, coach. Now mind you, now oh, I was on sideline. I'm freezing my butt off on that sideline. I'm like, man, it's oh, hey, listen, man, but you're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. You got that right, Philly Zone, Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz, man. It doesn't get much better than that. Yes, indeed. Hopefully, we can see you guys in the playoffs really again. I feel like last year, Julio got in the field with, but it's all good. Y'all want y'all be the Patriots. It's all good, though. <laughs> hey, man, right now, yo, we, we're, we're, we're on top of the hill right now, man. We're on top of the hill. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Howard, let's get that done for you, man. Hey, talk to you real soon. Have a great summer. I'll talk to you in the fall there, man. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. That's how Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach T Wheel 24 or Instagram Travis L Williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Suntan.
hip-hop fans got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Man, show we have another new head coach for you. He coaches for the Incarnate Word Cardinals, Doctor Carson Cunningham on the Boss Man Show. Was Coach Cunningham? How things day in Texas, man? Is it real warm there already, man? It is hot, and I'm loving it because while I loved my time at Carroll College and in in Montana, this winter was no joke on the cold front. So, my wife and our five kids were definitely enjoying the weather. Now, Coach, as I'm going to ask you, uh, how, how do you deal with that kind of oppressive cold and constant snow? Because, see, I'm originally <laughs> from Florida, Coach, and I moved to Georgia, so I don't get to see that kind of weather rarely, if ever, and when it happens, the whole, whole city, city shuts down. So t- can you share with us, how is living out there in a climate like that, man? Well, I came out there for the hoops, and the great thing about uh, the winter, if you're into basketball, is you're in the gym a lot. But I will tell you, it snowed. Like, it snows a lot, all right? But it probably snowed in October. Shoot, might have snowed in September. But it definitely snowed in early November, a good hard snow. And then there was ice. Now, in Helena, Montana, they just put gravel down. They don't really plow too much, especially side roads, because it's going to be so much snow and ice. It's like, where do we even start? So they really just pack it all down. So you get a good hard snow and ice early November. And that didn't melt. And then it just you pack it on till late April, so wow. think about that, <laughs> Coach. I can't do. I'll tell you a quick story. We had an ice storm here in 2013, Coach. I didn't leave the house for five days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in Montana, you wouldn't have left the house from early November to late April. <laughs> Yeah, Coach, I, I, I live on top of a hill, and plus, I'm like, I'm not going out in this. I, I can't drive in snow and ice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so I stay in the oh, house for five days. Yeah, that's funny. Throw a little gravel down, and you're good. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to go to Lowe's and Home Depot and give me some gravel on reserve in case it snows for this year, <laughs> which I hope it doesn't. But if it does, I'll be prepared for it. <laughs> it it'll, it'll get you a couple feet, you know. And then, but luckily they, they do have trucks and they run the gravel around. They pack down all the snow and the ice. And it, it's no joke though. I had a little Honda Insight and that thing was not made uh, for Montana. I had some bungee cords holding up the bumper at the end there. Oh, so, wow, Cole, um, I can only imagine, yeah. man. I know you're happy for to be in Texas. I was just there for the 
for the championship game, the final four game. I was having a, I had a blast. I'm like, I like this town. So I know you and your family love the eateries, the, the river walking. It's probably good. You can sell the kids to come play in the Cornet Word. You're in the, uh, the Southland Conference. A, a conference is growing. It's known, known for good basketball. You know, so you got good teams in the conference. You know, Stephen F. Austin, I'm new coaches in the conference. So I know you got to be happy about the opportunity being in the, in the Cornet Word and in, in that conference. Oh, yeah. We're fired up. I'm very grateful. It really enjoyed Carroll College, it's an NAI Division One school, and had a blast. I came from the high school ranks. You know, four years ago in 11 months, I was coaching high school basketball in Indiana. So to be here at an NCAA Division One school now at Incarnate Word, which has an unbelievable mission founded by sisters, these nuns who originally in the 1860s risked their lives to come here and help with the cholera outbreak, and then they built orphanages and schools and the biggest hospital system in the Southwest, first hospital in San Antonio, first children's hospital, unbelievable uh, Sisters of Charity, the Incarnate Word. So to be part of that mission here in a beautiful city by being part of the basketball program as the head coach, it's deeply moving. I'm excited. There's a lot of opportunity, but we have a tremendous amount of work to do. So that's also exhilarating and fun now coach go from nai level to d1 what's gonna be the biggest adjustment for you per se in, in recruiting and coaching and learning how the business goes for us the money and the budget so uh what's the biggest adjustments for you did you think it's gonna be for you going from nai to the d1 level here well i'm gonna find out i don't know but uh i can tell you a lot of stuff is similar i First of all, the court's still, what, 50 feet wide, 94 feet long, and we've got a 15-foot hoop, or sorry, to the free-throw line and a 10-foot hoop. So there's going to be a lot of similarities. Uh, in the NAI Division One. you do soup to nuts virtually. I mean, you're, you know, doing basically every element. So, the, you know, I have a much bigger staff and budget. So one adjustment is i got to work on delegating. <laughs> so, uh, and uh you know and but i think that experience was fantastic because i played you know i played at purdue so i know what the bcs level is like and um but when you go to the small college level you get to learn soup to nuts basically the whole operation and it's hands-on all the way and i think that helps you appreciate and get a feel for all the different elements that go into running a program. And I think I'm going to be drawn on that a lot. Now, coach, I can relate to that from starting off in, in, in this business and radio from, from just myself to having a staff now. And I also had an issue trying to give others roles besides me. Doing yeah, day. Yeah. So, so I can relate. That's something I work on every day, coach, is being a, a good sharer of responsibilities because sometimes I want to do it all. Even still now, yeah. even I've been blessed to not have to, but I still want to touch it all. Exactly. So, and that's a, you got to learn that sometime when you're used to when you're used to doing it the other way. Then you got to learn 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 that. So, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the assistant coaches I get to work with. Players have been have worked really hard. They got finals this week, so they're hitting the books. Uh, and you know, we have tremendous opportunity here. We have players who are talented and physical and skilled, like they can get stuff done. I'm, so 
we're just going to have to all find a way to mesh and work it together. Now, Coach, uh, I know what they've been doing going to get out of school for, for, for summertime here with finals coming up here and being over. How much time do you get to be with them in the summertime to build that bond with them so you guys can mesh, you can build that culture, build that bond that you all did when you get those tough moments in conference play in, in February and January and March there. So how, how what does the rules allow you guys for us contact to kind of work on building that bond and be, becoming a one that, that one, whole, one whole big group and big family there? Well, virtually all our guys will be here at summer school, so that's exciting. And, you know, the NCAA just kind of loosened up its summer rules. So you have four hours on the court as opposed to just two. And so it used to be two hours on the court and then the six where you could do lifting or film or things of that nature. Um, but now it's four and four for eight weeks in the summer. So that's uh, certainly a great opportunity for player development and for bonding and for learning uh, from each other. So um, it's, it's, it's certainly – uh, an important time for us. Now, Coach, for us recruiting, like I said, you got a big city. San Antonio, a great town, beautiful city. So will you be trying to get more high school graduates? Are you looking for JUCO guys, transfer guys, maybe an international kid, or all of the above there? I'm very open-minded. But now there are two junior college players that were signed before I got here that are coming. I'm excited about and then there's one uh, freshman who was signed before I got here. I'm also very excited about them. Since taking the job, I've signed four freshmen, one from Atlanta. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, Florida, Indiana, and Ohio. So we got one more uh, to sign. And um, um, I'm, I'm open-minded. I just want to find players that fit uh, our cultural values that embrace the mission of the University of the Incarnate Word and who love basketball and can get after it. So, um, really, I'm open-minded. Now, Coach, looking at, looking at how you guys are going to play this year, are you trying to play fast? Are you more of a uh, traditional? Are you trying to – or are you moving towards, hey, we're going to just run five motion, be open, defend hard, and, and make plays that way? Well, I know it's cold in Helena, Montana, but I must admit – the players I got to coach could heat things up in the gym. Now, there are 1,326 teams between all levels of NCAA and the Division One and two levels of the NAI. And for the past two years, Carroll led all 1,326 teams in effective field goal percentage. That includes the NBA, actually. Oh, wow. So it was pretty impressive, and I really give the players credit. People say, well, what'd you do? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Buck Finn says you borrow watermelons when he would, you know, go to his neighbors and eat their fruit. But some people call that stealing. I steal, well, maybe borrow a lot of plays from a lot of people. So I said, what do you do? I, I don't really know what to say other than our guys shared. And so that's one thing we're going to try to do is share and see if we can get the guys to pass up good shots for better shots and uh, see what happens. Um, as far as pace, I'm going to try to adjust to what's in front of us. I mean, all things being equal, I'd love to play fast. This game is generally designed for speed um, and uh, skillful action and a confined space with bursts of athleticism, beautiful game. So if you can play it fast, that's awesome. But I also, you got to look at your personnel, and then you got to look at your opposition, 
and try to develop a plan that makes some sense. So that's what we'll do. Um, and so I don't know yet, I guess. Gotcha. Hey, I understand you got, you got to figure out what you have on the roster. So like I said, you know, it's, it's good to have a, it's good to have a plan of action, but you got to kind of work it to what you have. So, but I, I like that yep. about you already coach. Cause some coaches I know, it's either their way or no way. They don't adjust to their person. They're just going to do what they're going to do. So the fact that you're open to seeing what you have didn't make make up your mind, which shows you already that you have a, a mindset to be a good coach already. Well, I appreciate that. I hope you're right. We're going to find out here soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, non-conference scheduling-wise, it's probably already done for you for this year. So are you looking to maybe, yeah. when, you, when, you, when you get to go in there you're on your own for 19 and say, hey, Come, we'll play you, get guaranteed games, maybe a two-for-ones here or there, or maybe somebody want to come down to San Antonio and play you guys. So you got a lot of schools in the area you probably could play as well. So uh, how you think you'll go about trying to get, get that non-conference, non-conference done there, Coach? Yeah, well, scheduling's never easy. It was done before I got here for 2018-19, virtually done, about maybe a game or so, maybe like an exhibition. But, um, you know, uh I'm 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 going to certainly be willing to challenge us, but it's got to be within reason. Uh, I will certainly look for some marquee BCS caliber opponents because I think that's a great test for us, and I think it's a great excitement for the players, and um, it's a great thing for recruiting. And so, um, and then we're going to try to find home games. Everyone wants home games, and. Uh, we're just going to be reaching out. One thing is, you know, we, we struggled a little bit last year. Uh, so um, I think people are going to maybe be willing to take our calls on uh, the scheduling front. And when I got to Carroll, when I initially got to Carroll, it didn't seem that hard to get a home game. But then I think we went something like 42-5 and five in our last 47 home games. So it got a little harder there down the stretch. I can imagine. I can definitely imagine that now, Coach. Now, man, since I know you uh, went to Purdue, and I want to get your opinion on who are some coaches and people in general who's really been a big help to you in your career to make you the coach you are today. Well, definitely Gene Cady as far as how we um, structure practices. He had a very special ability to stamp his competitive personality on his team. And we borrow a lot uh, defensively, that's for sure, especially – um, uh, on the offensive end, I don't know. I, I might be, maybe we're a little new agey, but we do a lot of Spurs stuff, a lot of Brad Stevens stuff. Now I had a good fortune of playing high school AU ball with Brad Stevens. So we're lifelong friends and, uh, he's been very gracious and, uh, let me borrow, shall I say, uh, from his, uh, playbook. And, uh, I certainly, I would say those offensively, those are probably the, Biggest influences right now would be the Spurs and the Celtics. Gotcha. <clears throat> now, Coach, five one for you is this. I know you've probably had a whirlwind, very busy since you've been the coach of Incarnate Words. So if you could share with us, give us a little insight on what has been like your typical day in the office as you said, been head coach of Incarnate Word. How crazy has it, has it really, really, really been coach for you? It's like a 20-hour 20, 20 day, not enough to get stuff done, and you just feel like, oh, I'm home. I still got, I still got to call another recruit here. How's it been for you, man? They're very busy days. There's no doubt about it. And my family just joined me here recently. And uh, we just kind of closed on our house. 
So uh, that's going to be nice to get some normalcy in that regard. But when they were still kind of wrapping things up in Montana, you know, I was in the office 10, 11 p.m. or midnight. And uh, who knows? I'll, I'll, you know, I kind of look at it as try to work till you get get the tasks done. And uh, you you do have to stop sometimes just to because there's so many tasks right now. But eventually, I think it'll slow down. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach, I definitely look forward to having you on the show again real soon, Coach. And I know when, when the Hawks come to San Antonio, well, I'm hope, hopeful you guys will be in town and come by and watch watch you guys practice and see, hopefully, uh, maybe you see uh-huh. you guys play depending on, depending on when it is. That'd be great. That'd be great. And uh, and we're excited uh, about the future and the prospects for Incarnate Word. So hopefully uh, you do get a chance to check us out. And please holler at me when you're in town. Yes, indeed, Coach. Coach, you have a great day, man. We'll do this again real soon, man. All right. Stay strong. Peace. Peace now. Tried to push 
the Miami, the Miami way onto the Grizz when they were so used to grid grind and doing things their way. And basically, they felt like Fizdale was telling them their way wasn't good enough because y'all didn't win championships. So he kind of, he kind of like, kind of dismissed, you know, the six, seven years of the Grizz and the grid grind and the playoff success. And he really didn't see it as much because he didn't see much, much of it because he, he felt like, you know, hey, the Grizz didn't win a championship, so to hell with grid grind. And that's what really, the bottom line would rub. Uh, Marcus all the wrong way is the fact that that Fizdale didn't appreciate the culture and what was already established and what was already placed inside the Grizzlies locker room organization. Man, he tried to bring Miami to Memphis, but it just did just didn't work out. Now, Jamie now is the full time head coach. Do you expect him to run the same stuff Fizz ran or some similar version of it, or he go to more Kevin, Kevin McHale like he learned? So, what do you see of uh, JB the coaching style? And what he what he'll run now? Down, he's the head man in charge, not not the guy no more. I think you're gonna see a blend of pretty much everything everywhere he's been. You know, that of a coach he's, he's coached under has had success. I think you're gonna see a blend of all of that. You're gonna see a little bit of the Houston with Kevin McHale, a little bit of the Fizzell, and he's gonna put his own little you know creative spin on on different things as far as within the uh, the team dynamic there. But uh, like I said, I'm rooting for him, man. Like, but to me, JB doesn't really—he doesn't really give off like that fiery type of coach, that rah-rah attitude. He's like he's real cool and laid back, and he seems like he's a player's coach. But I don't know if he's the guy that's gonna be able to get in their ass. You know what I'm saying? When when they're out there messing up or not playing well, like is he gonna be able to light fire up under somebody to get them to uh, perform? I, I don't—I don't know, man. Yeah, he has a real like light voice, a real low key voice. Yeah, yeah. It's more so, it's not like he or uh, like Carlson almost on Fresh Prince. Exactly, exactly. You know, nice guy and everything, man. But like I said, we'll see. You know, uh, we'll see how how well the players you know adapt to him and to his voice there, man. Going forward. Now the Raptors, they're over eight against LeBron the last two years. All they did, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, is it time to fire out Dwayne Casey or play a team up or a little bit of both? How do you see the Raptors proceeding going forward, man? Man, it's crazy to think that, you know, as far as blowing up a 59-win team that was number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, you don't blow it up. You just you got to add to it, man, and hope that LeBron goes to the Western Conference next year. But, like, I mean, they, like, they had so much success this year and – Coach Casey, you know, getting all that coach of the year, uh, you know, buzz and everything, man. But just some teams, some guys just have your number, you know. And, like, just like Jordan used to have the Cavaliers number back in the day, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. LeBron just simply has Toronto's number, man, and they can't do anything with him. That's like their, their, their basic hope is that he goes he goes elsewhere. He goes to the Western Conference, really. That's all he can do. Exactly. And DeMar DeRozan, I like, – now, Dwayne Casey pulled a David Fisdale, kept his star on the bench for the whole fourth quarter. And Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce, and Phillips said that Dwayne Casey pretty much signed his deal to be fouled out of David Fisdale. You feel like leaving your star on the bench for the whole fourth quarter is, is, a, is a recipe to get yourself fired for something like Fizz did? You know what? If that's, if that's his intention, like, you definitely don't want to do that, you know, alienate, you know, a star player. You know, we're not talking about Rodney Hood, you know, that's in his feelings. 
you know, you talk about a guy that's uh, a max player, you know, a cornerstone of your franchise, DeMar DeRozan. So, you know, and I'll, I'll be curious to know uh, Dwayne Casey's intent behind that. But, yeah, like that could be, you know, um, you know, something that, that's a fireable offense, you know, down the road. You know, man, and like I said, what, if, what happens if maybe Toronto gets off to a slow start next year? You know, Casey could have really, uh, you know, get himself in by, by benching uh, DeMar DeRozan there. Now, in the Western Conference Finals, bro, uh, we got the Warriors and, and the Rockets. Uh, we all were looking forward to it. And the Rockets have been talking about the Warriors. The Warriors conference kind of like, man, look, we ain't worried about y'all. So, based on the matchup, when, when they when they had full strength, the death lineup versus Houston lineup, who do you got and do you feel like to be probably the battle of the benches? Because if you, you go and buy Mute, Nene, Eric Gordon, and I forget who else come up against with in Houston. Gerald Green versus Livingston. You got Looney. You got Quinn Cook. Nick Young, if you want to do a David West. So, I thought like it'd be the battle of the benches, bro. The stars come kind of even each other out, but the, the, the Warriors got the more stars on, on the starting five. But I didn't see a series going. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be Golden State in six, bro. That's how I'm feeling right now about it. Man, you know, I, I feel the same way. You know, Golden State, I think Houston going to give them run for their money, but Golden State, like, they're too deep. They're too deep on the bench, and it's going to take, you know, Houston's bench playing lights out. To, you know, to be able to overtake the Warriors in a seven-game series, man. So, it's going to have to be an unsung hero that's going to have to step up on a nightly basis for the Rockets in order for them to have a chance, man. But Golden State, like I said, it's just their time right now, man. And like I said, you know, I, I think it's a, a definitely huge for Chris Paul to finally get to a conference final. But I don't see Houston advancing to an NBA final. As long as Steph, Steph Curry is back, he's looking like he's back healthy now. You talk about four all-stars, man. That's, that's almost hard to beat, man. It, it is impossible to beat, actually. Now, bro, now, Matt Ryan, uh, he got a new deal here in the Falcons, bro. He got six years, $150 million of the total value of the contract for $28.2 million over six years. And he had a $100 million for guaranteed, and it wouldn't be as real money. $100 million guaranteed. So, if you're Aaron Rodgers, seeing the Matt Ryan contract, you tell the Green Bay Packers to do me a new deal now, or since so he signed that deal on 13 on, on the value, not realize the capital spike. Just what do you feel about that? Matt Ryan getting as much money because the market bears it, but then Aaron Rodgers, who's grossly underpaid right now, and under contract for two more years with Green Bay, then the franchise takes two more years. So, what you feel about the, how the Matty Ryan Ryan deal and Kirk Cousins deal previously had set the market for quarterbacks going forward? Man, look, if. Matt Ryan's worth $150 million and the Kirk Cousins guaranteed money, fully guaranteed contract. Aaron Rodgers got to be worth what? At least one, $175? Plus, plus ownership? Yeah, plus ownership with the Packers? Like, you know, you got you to gotta break the bank for Aaron Rodgers, man. So, like I said, you know, quarterbacks are definitely premium in, in this league, man. And like I said, you know, it's, it's great as far as, you know, if you're a quarterback and making money in the, in the NFL, man, the, the young guys coming up, you know, the Carson wins for the world. If Dak Prescott performs well next year, he's going to get big-time money, man. So, hey, man, it's all love to be a quarterback right now, man. Yeah, bro, and last I had for you today, bro, is this. It's a story I sent you about this, bro. We got the fake camel toe on underwear being the latest trend for women, man. I I, I, I hate that, bro, this fake camel toe trend because it's only going get, to get worse. And, you know, living in Atlanta, you might have something that's got to hide something else with this. You know what I'm saying? 
So, right. <laughs> I see. I see it from that perspective, bro. I don't see that the women are found fake you with funk because I don't really care about your camel toe. I care about the ones something else besides yeah. the camel toe. So, but yeah, yeah. I feel like they're gonna try to use the trick you now with the camel toe. Kind of tuck, they don't tuck, tuck it in and trick you with it now. Right, you know, there's definitely concern being down in Atlanta. I'm with you on that. But I never, I never understood the appeal of that anyway. Like, I, like, I don't give a damn. You know, like if you if you got the camel toe, like a real live you know, camel toe, and it's showing, you know, this type hands, that's love. But even if you don't, that's not like like a, a requirement. Or, you know what I'm saying? Right, it's not a requirement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. When, when did that? Yeah, when did that become a thing? Like you had to have a big camera, so a, a big print on your pants. Like I never, I never understood that, man. Or they people worry about gaps. I don't care about no gaps. I ain't gaps. Oh man. I, I care about face, booty, and hygiene. You know. And there it is. And, I don't care about order. the rest yeah. and personality in too. You know, but yeah. everything else is crazy. Man, before you go, bro, talk to what, what y'all got going for Memphis in May and clicks, billions, and sport, billions out there, man. What y'all got for them? I know Memphis made popular. Oh, man. What y'all got for them? Man, you know, we had a great, we'll have a great night coming up, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, clicks in May, you know, it's karaoke fest. It's like we got a music fest going on right now, man. You know, everything's popping in the city of Memphis in the month of May. So we got clicks in May, karaoke fest, man. We're doing something. Every Saturday night, man, just like tonight, so like, everybody come through, check us out, man. You know what it is, the liveest party spot in the city of Memphis, man. Click Sports Bar and Billiards. Go look us up, man. Go check us out on the internet, man. You see my picture on there and everything, man. You go to the website, Click Sports Bar and Billiards, man. Come check us out, the number one party spot in the city. No doubt, that's my man, JC Smith, three-man weave. Hey, bro, be good. Talk to you this week, bro. Yeah, appreciate it, Bob. Alright, folks, back on the Boss Man Show. Time for this reality report with our reality insider, Jay Monique. What's good, Jay? How's life in Florida? Is it hot as hell and sunny? Are you keeping schools in Miami out of jail? Talk to me. <laughs> Miami out of jail? Oh, well, it is hot <laughs> down here in Florida. I can't really say that I'm enjoying the weather too much, but yeah, it's been hot down here, sunny. You know, that's how Florida goes as soon as the sun is out. It's really, really hot down here. You know, I was in Home Depot when I saw that stuff I told you to get off that software. I'm sorry, people, what's going on here? But when I saw that snake away crap, I thought about you that take in my head. Like, why is it, why am I laughing at this? Why am I looking at this laughing off your home? But Jay told me to take about those idiot snakes that day. That snake away. She idiot snakes? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why they exist, but hey. Exactly. Well, we know why you're here in the show. They talked to us about this reality TV update. So talk to me. What's going on in the reality TV world that we got to be watching out for this week? That we don't need to be knowing what's going on. Talk to me. Uh, well, uh, T.I. and uh, Tiny, remember uh, that show, the T.I. and Tiny Family Hustle? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, sources say, um, according to the Jasmine brand, sources told the Jasmine brand that VH1 is interested in having 
uh, T.I. and Tiny uh, that showed the family hustle back on their network. And also uh, for Tiny, BET has also extended another offer for Tiny to have her own reality show with Toya Wright, a reboot of that show of Tiny and Toya. So Tiny might be cashing in on some pretty good coins, uh, but it's not confirmed yet. Um, the source also said both are really good offers for Tiny and her career, but it's about what's best for her brand. Yeah. So man. even though it's not confirmed yet, she might go for at least you know one of the other. She's got to make a living. Now maybe I missed this. I wouldn't pay too much close attention, but. Didn't they change the name of Escape to some weird letter or number or something? Yes, Did it is not... now called Escape 3. <laughs> what a pathetic take. Okay. Yes, what I thought I heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's creative. That's kosher. Escape yeah, they actually had changed the, le- uh, the letter E at the end to just say 3. So it's Escape 3. Escape. So you're using... You're dropping off the E and skinny escape, but then and the three. What's it? What's this three for? I don't get that three. <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's because uh, Candy left the group for whatever period of time. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, who can I run to and just kicking it, huh? I got <laughs> that. And I'm actually uh, about to. Uh, get on Candy now. Uh, that's the next subject. Is Candy? She's reportedly producing a reality show starring Marlo Hampton. Uh, Marlo, she appeared on a few episodes of The Real Housewives, although she wasn't really officially a cast member. You would see her here and there on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, so, according to a report by the Jasmine Brand, Burris will produce a new series called Hot Lanta. That will revolve around a group of movers and shakers in her hometown. The show, which sounds similar to Real Housewives of Atlanta, is in talks to feature Atlanta Housewives alumni Marlo Hampton. And the source told the Jasmine brand that she'll likely leave Housewives, especially since she's never been an official cast member. And this time, Marlo will really get to, to shine. Wow. See, Marlo, I've been there. I ain't heard her name in a long time. Okay. So, yeah. Some more cameras in Atlanta recording shenanigans of allegedly famous people or not. I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon uh, with reality shows in Atlanta or really any type of filming. That's like Atlanta's the hot spot right now for reality shows or really filming any type of movie or TV show. Yeah, those Georgia test credits are really good, aren't they? Give old tax credits to record here. That if you're in the film or movie industry, you get discounts on recording costs and tax. Right, yeah, some type of incentive for filming there. Mm-hmm, they know yep. what they're doing. Yes, they do. So for Hotlanta, Candy will not be a cast member. She will also not appear on camera, uh, but will remain behind the scenes. And the show is expected to air on WeTV. If anybody is interested in watching it, whenever that actually is released, it'll be on WeTV. I don't know what WeTV even is, but thank God. Let me know. It's not really that much popular of a channel. I mean, even Oxygen is more popular than WeTV. WeTV is like under Oxygen. As far as uh, WeTV! Were you 
watch that. No, it's like a, it's pretty much like a woman's channel. It's very, very similar to Oxygen, but just okay. not as popular. Or like a black version of Lifetime, or, or a low budget Lifetime. Pretty much. I don't yeah. know why she chose We TV. I mean, I don't know. I'm not knocking anybody. I don't know why she chose that platform for Hotlanta when there's other platforms such as VH1 or even Bravo, well, where Real Housewives is at, or you know MTV or one of those more popular mainstream stations. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right. And next is Nene Leakes and she's actually the last one and she reveals her secret to staying rich you want to know what that is yeah being ugly no 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 (laughs) her secret to staying rich is the dollar store according to page six Nene Leakes uh, always used to go around saying that she's a rich yeah uh, but she also happens to be very frugal. So she's very economically savvy. And she said, I go to the dollar store. I love it there. I really wish I could open one up. And she isn't just buying any old item from the dollar store. She's headed straight for the tableware. If you want some good uh, wine glasses, you go to the dollar store. That's what she said. Most wine glasses are very thin and break when you put them in the dishwasher. But she said the dollar store has some thick ones. The same with your your typical martini glasses. And also she um, she'll also grab other tableware stuff like plates and stuff like that. And then when she goes to check out, the cashier is looking at her kind of weird like, OMG, that's Nene Leakes. Like wondering what she's even doing there. So she, she says, I, I'm like, don't worry about me. You can have all this expensive stuff at your party, but your guests will be eating off of the dollar store place, and they don't even know it. So, yes, if you go to a NeNe Leaks party, and she has all this fancy-looking stuff, like tableware and glasses, I'm telling you, that's from the dollar store. Can you be, so did she specify, was it Dollar Tree, Dollar General, or Family She dollar did not store? specify. She just said the Dollar Store, but I'm assuming the Dollar Tree, because in the South, the Dollar Tree is very, very popular. Because I don't yeah. think she went to Dollar General. I can't really imagine Dollar General. I think she means that Dollar Tree. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Dollar Tree. Dollar General is for Family Dollars. I don't have good takes on them. Yeah, you don't like anything with the word dollar in it. You don't like Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, Dollar General, or anything that has a dollar in the headlining title. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that's like right, Dollar that's Tree. I've been to Dollar Tree quite a few times. I'm not going to lie. When you go in some of those aisles, especially like for tableware and stuff like that, that stuff does have that ritzy type of fancy look for just a dollar. They they really actually have some nice looking stuff. I can't speak on the quality of it, but the looks of it, if somebody's not paying attention, you're hosting a party, you have all this Dollar Tree stuff, they won't even know it's from Dollar Tree. Well, the worst thing I saw was when I was at one of my buddies' house, he had like a Dollar Tree box of condoms. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, no. That's wrong. That's crossing the line. <laughs> that is crossing the line. That is wrong. You can't do that. You don't know what's in it. There's a reason why they have those uh, stuff like that that's just a dollar. Don't trust it. Spend a few dollars yeah, like, on Walmart or something. I've women buy like, their pads from Dollar Tree. Like, what are you doing? Like, they get the what from Dollar Tree? Their pads. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yes. Fun 
unfortunately, I used to date a chick who used to work at Dollar Tree. She was a manager, so I kind of knew what was in there because I was going to see her at her job. Now, I wouldn't shop right. at her store, of course, but I would never her job. I would see her. And I would see, like, these horrible like, dudes are buying condoms, women are buying pads, dudes are buying cheap Jordan's cologne, like, what do you, you want? Jordash. Yeah, the imitation version of Jordash. They also have imitation versions of Paris Hilton and some other brands. Yeah, like, dude, that's gonna smell good for like five seconds and it's gonna be gone. <laughs> Pretty much. And honestly, I would never buy body wash there either. It's very watered down. The only time you're gonna smell it is while you're still actively in the shower and water is still pouring on you. Once you come up out that shower and you dry off, that smell is not there no more. Exactly. It's gone, so. Gonzo. Right. There's some stuff that's that's good by there, but there's other stuff where it's like, eh, I'm staying away from it. Like house cleaning stuff, unless it's like dishwashing uh, detergent to wash your dishes with or some other stuff. I don't mess with it. Like floor wash or multi-purpose cleaners, I don't get that stuff at the Dollar Tree. Because to me, this is my opinion, I don't knock anybody that does it, but to me, some of their products are very, very watered down and are not effective. You're going to end up using, like, a whole bottle anyway to get your house clean, so you might as well spend 3 $4 in the first place exactly. to get the higher quality stuff. Look here. I believe in quality over quantity and price. So I'm going to go shop at quality rather than shop at the tree or the... Ah, at the tree. You know. I'm you can saying. get your quality tree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll be angry. Like, me going that line is like, people don't know my take on the tree. So, like, if I, if I got caught in a tree shopping, you know how, how I have to explain that to people? Knowing my takes on the tree. Link doesn't. Nene Link doesn't. She's on national TV and she ain't, she ain't got no Let's pride. See, she don't get, like, she's telling you straight up. Go back on my takes, though. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The, the amount of times you complain about it to turn around the next day and show up in a Dollar Tree or any dollar store, people are going to be looking at you like, are you just saying that you hate the Dollar Tree and Dollar this and Tree that? And here you and here you are? Yes. I, people have nine years of tape on me with these takes on the tree. So I can't redig now and start becoming a tree, a tree shopper. No. <laughs> I shall not. I, I, I would rather shack. I would rather go on a trip with that fool who can't, don't know where he's going and do that. I'm just saying. You know. That's, that's oh, good, no. That's what's in the back then, so. so. What's up? So, Jay, talk to the people behind you. Jay, check out your website before you get out of here. Oh, yes. Uh, for more uh, reality news, you can go to realityintercepted.com. Uh, you can also uh, visit the Facebook page for Reality Intercepted, and that's Reality Intercepted Live. Also, follow on Twitter, Reality Intercepted, um, and also on Instagram, Reality Intercepted. No doubt. We'll both check out Jay. She'll be back next week again with Reality Report. This is Boston Jay. We out!